And it probably explains why she's been so viciously attacked by her opponent. And his, many of them were even around when I was president. You know, they, gosh, these people accused me of murder. You wouldn't believe what they did. <laughs> and now they're right at the center of the campaign. Just, you know, just attack, attack. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the All right, everybody, welcome to episode 169 of the Art Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host today. Damn, look, look at that V right there, man, that tricep V. If you're watching the, oh, damn. the YouTube, I just got, I just bought me Dang, some. Your, uh, your uh, tricep is like really red. Cause, you got to put some sunblock on that. Uh, yeah, I do, man. I spent eight hours in the, the sun yesterday doing um, yard work. But, hey, man, every week I, I make fun of myself talking about how thick I've been getting. So I finally did something about it bought myself a mountain bike i've been biking a little bit a little bit more each each day you know nice. i take it out every in the in 100 degree heat just because i feel like that's how you got to do it you got to you got to work for it man you got to work for those calories man so i've been doing that i bought me some resistance bands nice and oh my god i have never fucked with the resistance bands before but it's just as good as going to the gym and throwing up 315 pounds because i think i got some that go up to 180 you can, you know, keep adding more bands on or whatever. I highly recommend it. So, and during these Corona times, that this is not a paid sponsorship, just buy any resistance bands. I bought the cheapest one on Amazon, and fuck, man, that shit. I just, just check out that fucking V right there. Check there. out the V, guys. Check out that fucking tricep V, man. I'm gonna be Mr. Universe by next week. But anyways, yeah. with that said, I'm your host today, Mr. Jacob P. Man. In the place to be, uh, <laughs> sitting right across from me. Is my beautiful co-host wearing this very bright, what's lovely up, guys? Spurs jersey, Mr. Art T. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I am wearing the Spurs jersey. I like it. Got it in LA the other day. Um, yeah, man. Speaking of like going outdoors, I went for a hike yesterday. Did like a four and a half mile hike up up in Tatchby. Mm. It's fucking beautiful, man. It is exhausting. Like just you know going up a mountain. It's super inclined, super fucking. You just take your bike out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's what it, that it was fucking intense, man. It was like I had burned like close to 700 calories by nice. the half point of it, and then I did a four mile run this morning. Damn, look at that! I know. On your way to be fucking uh, penthouse. I know, man. I'm pretty stoked, man. We we're just talking about shoes before this, and like, I bought some hiking boots for that hike. I bought some running shoes. I've been having running shoes for a while, but I needed some like a one running shoes and like man i gotta admit 
They really do make a difference when, when you're doing four miles in the Bakersfield summer heat. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's fun. But anyways, shout out to Caveman Coffee to get me that energy to get my ass up in the morning to go for a run. Um, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory of coffee, t-shirts, hibiscus tea, which is like my favorite thing. I actually had some of that last night because I was like, I felt dehydrated as mm. fuck. And I was like, dude, I need some fucking hibiscus tea. <laughs> so yeah, that's some of that. Um, yeah, check out the entire thing. Before you check out, make sure to type in America to receive 15% off. And if you're drinking some in the morning, go ahead and take a picture of yourself. Selfie that shit. Tag us. Tag them. Let them know that you listen to the show. Let us know that you listen to the show. And let us know that you are drinking some caveman coffee. Jacob, you got anything? Yes, and speaking of taking a picture of yourself, tagging us and tagging them, make sure you uh, tag yourself eating some delicious El Yucateco hot sauce. This is our other sponsor, um, beautiful sponsor. You know, make sure you tag us, tag them, and then we'll be sending you out some prizes in the mail, man. I still got those socks that I've been talking about. I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to like send me like something over the top. You know, I'm I'm trying to see something more than just your plate and like your hand and maybe like a kissy face. Like I want I want you guys to get artistic and I'll send you those socks, I'll send you some stickers or some bottle openers. I think they, they even have like a shotgun like on their site that you know they might send us like if wow, it's really cool. great. Um <laughs> They should post like the recipe as well. Don't post like some bullshit as like, oh, I made some scrambled eggs and like here's my fucking like whack ass. Put some like effort into this shit. Post a recipe underneath it. I want to see. I want to remake that food if it's delicious enough. Yeah, and then I'll send you out some more swag. So uh, make sure you go to wherever, ever, ever they sell food, and you'll find some El Yucateco. You might find. some, you know, the the red, you know, the red um, habanero flavor. You might find the triple X flavor. Um, you also, if you're lucky, you might find the Caribbean flavor. And I chose these three hot sauces just because of the topic that we're going to be doing today. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing the Clinton body count. And I got the red out just to represent, you know, like, oh, it's a bloody affair. Yeah. Uh, the triple X just because, you know, hey, there's going to be a lot of triple X uh, stuff we're going to be talking about, as well as the Caribbean because I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about an island out in the Caribbean as well. So. Yeah, yeah, that guy comes up a lot. Yeah, just a little bit, yeah, towards the end. But uh, with that said, everybody, uh, yes, welcome to episode 169, the Clinton body count. Wow. Uh, this topic has been suggested, I think, for like the last like year and a half, and I just feel like we weren't really ready for it, either like just in the mental span of it, like I just wasn't ready to talk about it, or it just felt like, man, there's just so much there. It's just like, I will kick the can down the road. I just felt like, this week was like pristine just because of, you know, everything that's going down with like the Ghislaine Maxwell and whatnot. Like she could be spilling the beans on her little list or whatever any minute now. I just felt like the timing was right to do this topic. Yeah, definitely. And I don't remember the first time I heard about it. I know the first time I heard about it, it related to Pizzagate, but I don't know if it was when we did our Pizzagate episode mm-hmm. or if it was, I think you told me about Pizzagate for the first time like a couple of years ago. And I was like, well, Pizzagate's kind of bullshit. But I did think that a lot of times when you look at Pizzagate, you'll find Clinton body count. Yeah, it works hand in hand a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they, they kind of get tied together. And I was like, wow, well, Clinton, Clinton body count sounds a little more like could be something there because actual like bodies are found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's actual bodies with this one. And with this one, like it's it's one of those ones that I kind of just like believe to be like, oh, wow. Like, because yeah, when you get into the schematics of it, I mean, the body count, I mean, 
could range from a list of 34 people to 65, 75. I even see lists with like 120 names on it. And it's interesting because, you know, there, there's that joke that goes around, like whenever somebody turns up missing, like, oh, they were suicided. Like, you know, the mixture of, you know, suicide and homicide, where it's just like they were set up to look like, you know, they committed suicide, you know, but, you know, in actuality, it was some foul play at, at hand. But like, you look at like the list here, and I wrote down some of the numbers, and it's weird how much consistency there is, like with some of these people that, you know, turn up dead that were associated with the Clintons. I think I got down here 16 people, you know, from like, let's just say like from 100 or 60 person list or whatever. Um, 14 people, or no, 16 people, I'm sorry, uh, were listed as, you know, their official cause of death was suicide. Uh, 19 of them were either died in a plane or some mysterious, suspicious car or, you know, vehicle crash. 11, you know, straight up like murder assassinations and seven questionably natural, natural causes. So we'll get into some of like the, the details of this because it, it, everything looks a little just suspicious. You know, we talked about on one of our earliest, uh, conspiracy theory episodes, I believe it was like episode four where, you were talking about like, hey, you know, there might not be anything to it. And you related it to like, you know, a girlfriend cheating on you where it's just like, hey, why are you getting a text message at 2 a.m., you know, from Chad? Well, you should always have intuition. Like that's something yeah. that, you know, there's that intuition of like maybe I shouldn't walk down this dark alley. Maybe I shouldn't open this door for this complete stranger. Maybe, you know, there's always intuition, common sense that once these, once that spidey sense starts tickling, you need to, you need to use that like i don't know like that ape side of your brain that keeps you alive you know mm-hmm. like from our evolution like that's the thing that 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 has made you question if this is safe or not if this person is trustworthy or not if this is a true story or not you know sometimes you you, you have to have that bullshit detector and be like mm-hmm. i don't know if i trust this person and one of the thing you know it's funny cuz i was listening to I try to pull a Jake up here and listen to other podcasts that have covered this topic. And Jesus Christ, there are like some really bad podcasts out there. I hope to do this topic justice because there were some really, really terrible pod. There was one I thought was okay, mm-hmm. but they covered it in like a 15 minute span. They covered it in like multiple stories that they were covering. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. But for the most part, there's like, I didn't even know there's a QAnon podcast. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there it, is. It's like, I think it's called like QAnon Anonymous Podcast or something. They covered it. I could not get like more than like two minutes into it. I was like, dear God, I'm done with this. I mean, yeah. But anyways, yeah, those are the types. So, you know, they definitely have a, a bias already that going yeah. into this. And I, I think that that's kind of where you and me, you know, I don't have any political association to anything. I don't, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Um, but I do think that there are things in this conspiracy that make my spidey sense tingle. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting to do this topic. And just to put it out there, like, right at the beginning, we'll probably be making this topic a series because there's just so much out there with the Clinton body count. Like, I when I suggested this topic last Sunday, I figured, like, oh, we'll just talk about, like, one or two of them. And, like, that'd be, that'd be it, you know, yeah. like, kind of give you, like, an overview of it which I think we'll still do. Like, we'll just discuss, like, a couple names 
don't get mad when we don't, you know, go full on, you know, ball deep in depth into it because there's just so much there. So if you don't want to listen to a seven hour podcast, we are not Joe Rogan. So yeah. we're going to just try to introduce you to the concept of the Clinton body count and kind of give you like, you know, some names and some background information that, that, that do raise like our spidey senses. But this will probably be, be a series um, you know, Clinton body count, volume one, volume two, volume three. We'll, we'll, we'll go balls deep, you know, to a specific death or murder, if you will. So, Hell yeah, man. So. Well, I mean, just to kick it, get the party started, you know, the origins of the Clinton body count and where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have it there. I do. Um, but is it from Newsmax? Is that where? Uh, no, actually, it was um, an article or like a memo, if you will, written by a lawyer slash like super alt-right um, person. I is guess it you Christopher, could say. Christopher Ruddy or whatever? No, it's uh, by a lawyer, Linda Thompson. Oh, okay. And she wrote an article called, you know, The Clinton Body Count, Coincidence or a Kiss of Death. And her original... Um, I guess it was like a memo. Like she was, she was just like wrote it out and like sent it into like multiple newspapers and publications, if you will, which is where, where you, you know, the, the publication you were talking about right now got uh-huh. it. And it, she, she wrote it out just because, you know, after, you know, the uh, death of, um, not Seth Rich, but uh, Vince Foster, after that happened, you know, there was a lot of things questionable surrounding his death. And so she started to pull together like a lot of coincidences around people that were around the Clintons that, you know, mysteriously dying, if you will. And so she wrote this list and it uh, comprised mostly of like 34 names. And she straight up said it because, I mean, the list is like right there for you to pull up. You know, I went to read, I pulled an art, if you will. Yeah. I went to Reddit and you can pull up her actual, you know, memo, if you will, and look at it. And she even says it like she goes, I have absolutely no evidence to back this up. But here are the names. Here's how they died. And here's how they are associated to the Clintons. Now, um, a William Denemeyer, I hope I'm saying his name right, in 1994, um, he was running for a Republican senator. And, you know, one of the things that he he did is he sent this t- into Congress to say, hey, we need to check this out. And so this is how you kind of get, like, you know, the snowball rolling, if you will. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things that, you know, the, the largest public publication that puts it out is that Newsmax thing. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about that Christopher Ruddy guy for a while. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Sounds about right. Um, But, you know, he is kind of a, he's an actual journalist, but he's also very conservative, like Mm -hmm. super on the conservative side. I just want to make sure that, you know, we're not being biased, but that's the truth. Like he's very much uh, to the point where like people don't say he's registered Republican, but he's pretty much like super on the Republican side. He has his moments where he questions George Bush and he questions the Iraq war and eventually he does actually become buddies with Clinton doing a Clinton interview yeah. and also like chatting it up with him and being like, you were a great president. I don't have the actual quote on here, mm-hmm. but he actually like says something like you were actually a great president. I think that's exactly what it is. I'm paraphrasing. But anyways, <laughs> I do want to well, start. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Roy. I do want to say that he does do this thing where he, it seems like if you follow his political career and like journalistic career, he does definitely has to be on like the winning side. Mm-hmm. So I just want to point that out that like it may have seen like back in the early nineties, like the, the winning side was the Republican party coming off like slam dunk candidates like Reagan and the first W or the first Bush. Mm-hmm. And like, it seems like Clinton was going to be like a one term president and like, we're going to get oh, this yeah. fucker out of here. Yeah. And see, th- I'm glad you brought that up because I went down a whole rabbit hole 
of you know the political atmosphere at the time so i mean this goes all the way back to when carter was president he had like an absolutely atrocious you know presidency it was kind of like the economy is right now it was the drizzling shits you know everybody just wanted him out like couldn't wait to get him out and that's you mm-hmm. know entering you know ronald reagan who is this very charismatic you know uh, grandfatherly figure who kind of set the table for your current conservatives where it's just like hey family first you know, we're going to put, you know, basically that, that saying that God, country, Reagan? family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, the, the Reaganomics, the trickle down effect, like everything that you see with conservatism today kind of like starts with like the Reagan presidency where it was just like, that was very much America at the time where it's just like God, country, family, self, like those were your priorities. You know, um, this is where you kind of get like, you know, televangelists coming and being a big thing because, you know, God which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I'm just saying that like God, like, you know, Christianity, like you better have, you know, that in your life or you are going to go back to the Carter administration where you're not going to have money, you know, like where you see like the prosperity gospel, you know, kind of flourishing like on television. And you get, like you said, eight years of, you know, Reagan, and then you get an additional four years of his vice president, which was, you know, George Herbert Walker Bush. And towards the end of George Bush's presidency, like, you know, you you see the country kind of growing tired of this song and dance because they're getting lied to. They said that, hey, no new taxes. Read my lips, no new taxes. Guess what? New taxes. The economy started to tank again because, you know, the (laughs) the trickle-down effect couldn't, you know, hold up. Yeah. And you start to see, like, all of these, you know, again, like I was saying, like these televangelists, you know, they start to get, you know, outed, you know, either as, you know, homosexuals or, hey, they're cheating on their wives. And here enters, like, hey, this Democratic nominee who's, like, on Arsenio Hall playing a saxophone. Like, hey, he's not this old grandpa figure. Like, he's cool. He's hip. Like, you know, he's playing saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. And so that is, like, a direct challenge to, you know, the, like, hardcore conservatives. And I came to the kind of the conclusion is Bill Clinton was, like, the original Donald Trump. Like, what we 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 see today, like, you know, like, with, you know, the media and, you know, even us, like, who, who pick at every single bit and piece of Donald Trump's life, that's what conservatives were doing to the Clintons back in the early 90s. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. So I do think that some of the reasons why liberal people don't like Donald Trump, I, I think it's a little more justified than why Republicans didn't like Bill Clinton. Um, Which, but, yeah, but, but one I thing you, agree with. One thing you said was that, you know, the there was a marriage between, like, Republican ideology and Christianity. And I do, and you said it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I, I do see it as a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. I see it as this country isn't a country, there's separation of church and state. Correct. There, there should be, at least. And I think that since then, every single Republican and Democrat has put their faith in the forefront. And oh, yeah. it's become... And to me, it, it is an issue. To me, it is it's become like being puppets to millions of Christians around the world. And I'm not saying Christians are bad people at all. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that whenever you have someone puppeting their faith, you look at Donald Trump holding up a Bible and you, he's going and he's doing all these like very Christian things. To me, it's, for show, yeah, it's disingenuine, and I, I I have an issue with all of that. And 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 that's just that's just me. So I just wanted to. And I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's all an act. Like, if you don't say that you're, you know, a Christian or whatever, good luck trying to get that nominee. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot lot of people were talking about um, Tulsi Gabbard running for president or whatever, and I was like, get out of here. She's never going to be the nominee because she's a Sikh. 
You know, they're never going to, I mean, if they had a problem with Obama, who's legitimately a Christian person, if they had a problem with Obama saying that he was a Muslim, which he wasn't, then they're going to have a tissy fit, like, when they realize that, like, this but, person re- really doesn't um, subscribe to Christianity. But my whole point with bringing that up is, is yeah. that Clinton had a history, Bill Clinton had a history of being a pretty immoral person, you know, going back to his time as, you know, attorney general in Arkansas, having multiple affairs, you know, he was tied up, tied to um, scandals such as what the Mina airport scandal. So there was documentaries coming out. I believe it was called the Clinton Chronicles, yep. labeling him as a drug addict. That was one of the big things um, too. Like when he was running for president, uh, have you ever smoked marijuana? And did you enjoy it? And he's like, well, I, 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 I took a puff, but I didn't inhale. And so like, conservatives like this is where like again you see like this big thing where it's just like you know evangelical 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 christians looking at him as pretty much the antichrist because he Mm -hmm. he was one of the first presidents where it's just like oh he clearly is not a real christian and so it's just like this is where you see the claws come out with conservatives conservative voters and you know conservative media yeah definitely i mean this is kind of at the the beginning birth time period of like cable news as well. Correct. And you know, just be, before this, Ronald Reagan didn't have to deal with this, but now there is going to be twenty four hour news outlets, mm-hmm. CNN, Fox News. All these things are starting to be become mainstream things. You know, now everybody has cable. Now everybody has their MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even MTV was getting on the news game. Like there was Kirk Loader and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like they saw the the profit of having a twenty four hour news cycle. Yeah. Um, and yes, I mean, he was the first president to have to deal with a 24 hour news cycle. Um, but anyways, in your timeline, I, I don't know. I'll let you kick it off. Cause I think you have way more. Notes. So I, I have notes, but mine are like, mine are just kind of like highlighted. And oh, shit. okay. Yeah. It's like, like a, that. it's a cue card. Yeah. I have like little things. I have, <laughs> I have pre-written, pre-written joke here. <laughs> Say no, I'm just kidding. I don't have any pretty again. <laughs> I know we're a comedy podcast, and sometimes we're funny, sometimes we're not. But like, that's the when you listen to like other podcasts and they try to be funny, like that is the worst oh my thing God. ever. So, that's another thing about like, I was listening to another podcast, I put it on, they start off by saying something about like it's supposed to be like some dirty joke or whatever. There's like, oh, like. Don't make us, I'll suck your dick, Bill Clinton, if you don't kill me or something. like. Uh, yeah, I heard that exact same Oh, one. my God. I was like, I, I literally was like, I'm writing a review right now. One star. <laughs> These guys are not funny. Fuck this shit. Like, I was yeah. like, I was done with it. I was like, all right, I'm done. I stopped listening to it after that. Yeah. And again, too, we're not going to make that joke that, <laughs> I mean, for the record, neither one of us are wanting to, co- well, I'll speak on your behalf. I don't know if you are or not. Neither one of us want to commit suicide, but we're not going to tell that joke because it seems like every podcast wants to tell that joke. Like, for the record, neither okay. one of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that joke. Like, take my wife. That's like that. Take my wife, if you will, please. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie it's very cringy. It's been done on every podcast. And mm-hmm. yes. go, go listen to whatever that podcast <laughs> is if you're into that kind of humor. Yeah. So, again, we're not going to go balls deep onto this. This probably Vince Foster will probably be its own topic later on down the line. But but, but let's touch on it. Do you want to? Yeah. I'll so, let you start off because you probably have it in order of the time it happened. I just kind of put them mm-hmm. randomly on my notes. That's fine. Uh, so pretty much this kind of catches steam when Vince Foster, who was senior counsel for, you know, the, the Clinton administration, the transition team, if you will, um, commit suicide in 1993. And we were talking before we started the episode and there was just a lot of weird things around it. And I'll let you get into the weird things, but just the basics of it. You know, he was, you know, the, the deputy White House counsel. 
he was responsible for, you know, basically vetting, you know, the new people that were going to come in for the Clinton administration. And there was just a lot of scandals around it. You know, there was one scandal called Travelgate where, you know, whenever the president has to travel, you know, he has this, you know, caravan of people that are supposed to follow him around and, you know, tend to him and the first lady's needs, if you will. And usually, and I was reading this, that usually, you know, those kind of like, those people kind of keep their jobs, you know, president to president, you know, it's not a new, it's not usual that they'll get fired. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess like Clinton just straight up fired everybody and then put in a bunch of his own friends and buddies and close colleagues, which I personally don't have a problem with like yeah. I'm not just going to have some random person like be around me in every intimate detail of my life. To me it on on the surface it looks suspicious but when I really get down and deep into it like do I want like just a bunch of strangers following me and my girlfriend and my little baby around like everywhere I go? No, I'm going to have my close friends and colleagues following me around, people I trust. Yeah. But, you know, that was a big thing. You know, Wall Street Journal was, you know, giving shit to Vince Foster, who, you know, was basically responsible for hiring these people. Also, two, two of uh, Clinton's uh, appointees, I believe it was for, you know, U.S. Attorney General, um, were not chosen um, because of a thing called Nanny Gate, where um, it was found out that uh, his two picks for this position had hired illegal immigrants to watch their kids basically which mm. um, did not sit well at the time it was seen as this big controversy as well as a bunch of other controversies like with you know illegal quote unquote uh, financial uh, interests if you will kind of again to, to reference Donald Trump Bill Clinton was the Donald Trump of the early 90s where it's just like oh they have all these things like, like white water which was like a uh, a real estate debacle where there was a lot of like uh, Ill- illegal financing, if you will. We're not going to go deep dive into that, but you know, there's just like a lot of like question morally and ethical things going around al- around during this, you know, transition. And Vince Foster, he actually um, was Hillary's uh, friend at a law firm that they worked in in Arkansas and she brought him along, you know, to, to do this. This is someone they actually trusted, you know, to vet all these people. And a lot of people believe that he was killed because he held a lot of secrets against Hillary, held a lot of secrets against Bill and because of these controversies and that they had him killed because he was getting ready to spill the beans to, you know, all these senators that were already in 1993 getting ready to impeach uh, president Bill Clinton And so I saw that a lot because I tried to live like in two worlds, like the world where, you know, what that ruddy guy was talking about, like a very conservative outlook on it. So I would spend a whole day like in that train of thought and like, wow, that that is a very compelling argument. Here you got this very close friend who's giving legal counsel to the president. He's got all these, you know, mistresses and uh, all these people dying around him or whatever. And like if he's you know, getting pressure from, you know, senators and, you know, representatives, you know, that, hey, you're going to have to spill the beans to your your best friends. He's get you know, they're going to kill him, right? Yeah. So I lived in that world and I was like, wow, that's very plausible. But then when you really look at Vince Foster, you start to really feel bad for him because he was a really outstanding guy. You know, he was a father of a high schooler at the time. He had to move away from his family to D.C. from Arkansas. And he was also had a lifetime battle with depression. Now, this is not just something that was just thrown in there nilly-willy. Nilly 
Like it was a very well-documented thing. Like he was on meds and whatnot. And he was having a really rough time dealing with a lot of these controversies because like you said, with the 24 news cycle, 24 hour news cycle, like his name was constantly being, you know, dragged through the mud and it was really fucking with his mental state. Like a lot of the people and friends and family around him were saying like it was really fucking with him. And so just one day, I guess he writes up like this whole like uh, note. Some people call it a suicide note, but just him just detailing, just like, hey, I feel like I'm not cut out for this job. The Wall Street Journal just like demonizes me, makes me into like this horrible person, which I'm not. And he goes to a park. I believe it was a, the park that's right across from the White House and commits suicide right there. And to me, like that, that to me, like that's what I believe what happened. But a lot of, you know, congressmen, a lot of, Senators, a lot of conspiracy theorists believe that, no, he was murdered for what he knew about the Clintons. So, you know, you, you brought up his uh, his battle with depression, and um, it is well documented. He was on antidepressants, and um, so, I mean, that is a thing. And people always bring up when somebody commits suicide, they always like to believe that they seem fine. And they seem normal, and I think that that's kind of what somebody going through depression would be, believe. would would be like, because you don't want to be. You're already you already probably feel so outside of of the world that you want to fit in as much as you can. You want to blend in, but of course you're gonna smile, and of course you're gonna do everything that's normal. But it's you know again, it's those hours that no one's around, the ones that will really fuck with you. Um, and so, um, I can see why people. I, I, I got to be honest, when I did research on him, on Vince Foster, and you said he probably deserves his own episode, so I don't want to spill all the beans on it, but I do think that when I initially read all the things on him, I was like, yeah, this is just suicide, he had depression, he went to a park, and he committed suicide, and it, and it makes sense, but it really wasn't until literally this morning, like at like 9 a.m., I was like, all right, I got home, Like, let me just look up some more notes on these, and I I literally said... Because I listened to one of those podcasts and they said, "Yeah, it's not like he shot himself in the back of the head two times." And I was like, "Well, what?" So I was like, "Look, I was I didn't even know who they were referencing with that one." So like, I looked up the Vince Foster one and like to see the actual like crime scene and the autopsy things. The autopsy like so it's basically like a drawing of a dead body, mm-hmm. and then they just fill it all in. And the things that they had noted on there was one there was a strange amount of actually the strange low amount i guess of blood there was really no pool of blood which would you if you shot yourself in the head you'd probably build up a pool of blood around yourself very easily um there was actually no exit wound of the bullet there was just the shot itself his glasses i think were found 19 feet away from his body Mm -hmm. so it's already kind of strange where he shot himself was kind of a strange place he was at an incline which already would be like a reason for the body to to be spewing more blood than someone just laying on flat surface um it, it, it was it was a lot of little red flags of hey that is kind of strange mm-hmm. i also thought his his suicide note was very like unpersonal personal bull like or i don't know it didn't yeah it just didn't seem like something a suicide somebody dealing with depression would write it seemed like hey my job sucks i can't do my job it's very stressful i think he says like I'm tired of being in an industry where like we're meant to like destroy other people to like get ahead in the world kind of thing. It just seemed like very much like his job was 90% of what was bringing him down. And, and, 
and it almost it didn't seem like it addressed very much of his family at all and that's that's one of those things that to me that felt like a red flag like it felt like Mm -hmm. to me if somebody is going to write a suicide note that's probably going to be your goodbyes to the people you actually care about as opposed to hey my job sucked kind of thing i did think that that was strange Mm -hmm. now again i do think that when anyone's dealing with depression it's so up to that individual of like very complex yeah it's completely up to that individual and it's a lot of times it's a lifelong battle and you don't know what it's leading up to these points so and you don't know what demon is going to rise its head at that certain time like is like not not everything is going to have the same amount of weight like you said like there was no mention of his family and 90% of it was his job well that was like 99% of his life was this very stressful job you mm-hmm. know he's basically like the third most important person like in this transition team and it's just like wow what you know like somebody is already dealing with demons right now and he's got this very monstrous load to carry like that could weigh on somebody yeah and then i will say this though too like you brought up like the fact about you know like the autopsy and whatnot i did keep seeing like weird things about that where it's just like some sources would say like some of that 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 presentation of that evidence was not real and that one thing that kind of hammered at home for me because i was kind of trying to live in both worlds 50 50 the thing that really hammered at home for me was just like this was investigated about five or six times i believe the final as of today, like they've done another um, investigation on it. So the, the count is up to six. At each time they've done an investigation, they conclusively determine like, hey, like, no, this was a suicide. There was no foul play involved. And we're talking about like Republican senators. And we're even talking about um, Kenneth Starr, who's made it his career to bring down the mm-hmm. Clintons. Even he said like, yeah, the Clintons had nothing to do with this. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the Clintons did. I just said, I'm just saying that there yeah. are strange things with this one. And the final strange thing in, in all this and, this one for sure is fact because there's pictures of it. Yeah. Uh, the gun stays in his hand. Like, it almost looks like it's placed there as opposed to if you were to put, essentially he put the gun in his mouth. And uh, if you've ever shot a gun, they're very strong. And it would <laughs> yeah. essentially, should have it should have flown out of his hand at that point. Mm-hmm. Or like at least landed on his chest or somewhere near him. The fact that it stays in his hand and then he like puts his hand like almost where his pockets are. It just looks really placed. Like and, he was shot and then brought there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it looks very, very strange, suspicious, and that's all I'm going to say. I don't know. He might have committed suicide. I would say 90% of me wants to believe that he committed suicide, but there is that 10% of me that's very much like, but that is really strange. And if this was a loved one of mine, I would also be like, jeez, this is really strange that he would – not that he would go to the park or anything like that. That all seems like it adds up to suicide. But – you know, that the gun is placed in a very strange location, that his mm-hmm. glasses are 19 feet away, that, like, that there's very little blood, if anything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it does raise some red flags for me. And it's about this time, too, as well, like, where you get something called, like, the Arkansas Project, where it's funded by this billionaire who spent, like, $2 million. His name's, like, Richard Scaife, who, like, basically, like, hired all these, like, very conservative, like, journalists to, like, dig up anything that they could on Bill Clinton and the first lady Hillary just to get anything on them. Again, like I said, the original Donald Trump was (laughs) Bill Clinton where it's just like, you know, like any little comment they made, like, you know, the whole grabbing by the pussy and whatnot, or videotapes of uh, Donald Trump hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, like from like the early nineties or whatnot. Like that's what this billionaire was doing. He was sending his, his goons out, if you will, to dig up anything immoral that they could find on Clinton. And they, guess what? They found a whole lot. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I do think that he was such a like charismatic person. I remember my brother-in-law talking about Bill Clinton when um, he did like an MTV News report where mm-hmm. uh, they asked him, so is it boxers or briefs? And he's like, <laughs> oh, we're boxers. Or I don't remember what he said. but I wear boxer briefs. But he was just like, he thought that was like the coolest thing ever that somebody running for president would answer that question or <laughs> come on MTV. So I could see how he's charismatic in that way. Like, hey, that's a cool guy. I want to vote for this guy. So. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, because he left office like with a higher approval rating, like of any like, yeah. and he was just freshly impeached. But, um, like I was saying, the this Richard Scaffy billionaire guy, he he dug up all this stuff on Clinton. It's called the Arkansas Project. And one thing uh, that keeps coming up with the Clintons is this thing called Whitewater, which in the in 1979, Bill Hillary and then uh, James McDougal and his and James McDougal's wife. I've, forgot to write her name down you know they all invested in this property along you know this white water river you know in arkansas because they were going to develop the land for like vacation homes Uh, again this could be its own like four-part topic because it's a very dense thing but basically there was a lot of like financial immoral things going on right here and again like anything that they can dig up on clinton to get him out and to get their guy uh fucking you know one of the bushes in or fucking you know dick cheney in or whatever like that's what they were gonna do just because just like man we don't like this guy he's not he's not playing on our team and so the whitewater keeps being brought up and a lot of people around whitewater like either investigators or james mcdougall one of the co-defendants a lot of people were turning up dead so um, just to go over briefly, uh, again, I mentioned James Dougal. You know, he was a key witness for Kenneth Starr during, you know, Kenneth Starr's investigation of Bill Clinton. Um, he died of a heart attack, mysteriously, in solitary confinement. Um, James Wilson, um, he died of a hanging. Uh, he had, <laughs> he was going to testify against Bill Clinton. Uh, <laughs> he died uh, from a hanging, suicide, suicided. Uh, John Parnell Walk, uh, he was also a Whitewater investigator, jumped off the balcony of his apartment in Arlington, Virginia, quote-unquote. And then there's also this man named Stanley Huggins, who was also a Whitewater investigator working with, um, you know, the aforementioned. Uh, He also (laughs) died of suicide, and the um, death report was never released, quote-unquote. That's a lot of suicides. Like, it's... It's an abnormally high number of suicides. I don't know if, like, any job industry is worth, like, going into if the suicide rate is that high. And mm-hmm. I know that there's, like, very stressful jobs out there. Like, you know, we we talk about, um, we've talked about, like, police and, like, when we did the Black Lives Matters one. But um, police actually have a really high number of suicide rates in their yeah. industry. Um, but it is stressful, and I can see, you know, what... I could see why. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, with the, with politicians, I don't know if it's if it's the same deal that they're going through. Mm-hmm. So, I, that's all I'm going to say about that. I could I guess it is kind of fishy because it seems like they all kind of surround like this one group of people and you don't see politicians committing suicide like Bernie Sanders is doing well. Yeah. <laughs> I had a heart attack. But I still want to be president. Yeah. I still want to be your president. Like, there's a lot of people out there that make it into, like, their late stages of life. Like, mm-hmm. you see, like, the George Bush Sr., like, he's out. He's, he's still alive? Uh, No, he died, I think, last oh. year. He flipped the coin at the Super Bowl, and then he died, I think. Yeah. He was like, that was too intense for me. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, people make it up to those Jimmy late... Jimmy Carter is, like, 95 years old. He's still alive? Yeah, Jimmy Carter. Oh, my God. He's Jimmy still Carter's building houses. 
He's a saint, man. Yeah. Even though he had a bad president, <laughs> man, everything afterwards was great. But, yeah. Um, to kind of go into this, like, if on paper, when you see this, like, th- this is one thing I want everybody to take from this. You need to make sure you do your research, right? Don't just believe what you see on Fox News. Don't believe just what you see, like what you mentioned earlier, just what you see on CNN. Don't believe just what you see on memes. Don't believe just what you see some journalists, you know, put together on, you know, some, you know, Clinton body count list because I want to present those four or five names that I just gave you. If that's all you heard, you would definitely believe like, wow, that's suspicious. So when you actually do like the digging on these people, you know, let's just start with James McDougal. He died of a heart attack in solitary confinement. And then, you know, the list would have you believe like, oh, that's suspicious. How would he just die of a heart attack? Was he poisoned by Hillary? No, he had he was a very portly man. He had a history of heart problems. He was taking heart medication. And what happened was is he refused to submit a urine sample to the mm-hmm. prison that he was staying at. And so because of that, you know, the guards were just like, you know, fuck you. We're going to put you in solitary confinement till you decide that you want to piss for us. So when they did that, they kind of rushed him into solitary confinement. And, you know, I can see this because you hear about this all the time, like in prisons, that, hey, they didn't, you know, hey, this this prisoner, he needs this medication every four hours or whatnot. So they deprived him of his medication. Those uh, correctional officers that were there, they were actually prosecuted for this or, you know, mm-hmm. put on trial for this because of, because of that. They had nothing to do with Clinton. So, I mean, I can see how the conspiracy theorists can still say, well, let those... Those correctional officers, they were paid off or whatever, right? Okay, I guess. But it just seems like here's a guy who had a heart condition. He went to solitary confinement, died of a heart attack because he didn't get his heart medication. Oh, yeah, by the way, he was on trial for his life as well. So that would cause a lot of stress and yeah. get a heart attack, and right? and one time when I was arrested, there was a guy that I was in there with, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he he was diabetic, and like, um. He was like, "Hey man, I need my diabetes medicine, like my insulin or whatever." Mm-hmm. He was like, "Or else I'm gonna have like a, a I don't know what the fuck happens to diabetics." <laughs> Google it. I have no a idea. Coma. It's called a diabetic They go into coma. a coma. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, "I'm gonna go into a coma." So they like literally just gave him like oranges, like me and him oranges to eat. And I was just like, "I guess I'll take these oranges." I guess <laughs> I guess oranges help with diabetes. I have the no sugar. idea. The, the sugar. sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, here's something to keep you alive. But yeah, it's not like whenever you're, and I'm sure he was in a much higher like level security prison and a much better security than what I was in. But guards tend to give like very low amounts of fucks. Yeah, and it's, you know I'm you know we'll talk about. I mean everybody knows Epstein. Like everybody yeah. knows like that's a. I do think that that one's like next level like bullshit. Like there's some fuckery going on there. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know it's in that same vein of like bullshit <laughs> with guards. So moving on with James Wilson, uh, he was reported to ha- to have hung himself. And uh, what happened with this guy is is he also had a very, very well-documented history of depression. He also had, previous to any association with Whitewater or any kind of investigation that involved Bill Clinton, had four previous attempts at suicide you know, throughout his life. And um, also, too, he was not a Whitewater investigator. So he had nothing to do with this investigation. Yeah. He was just a name that was placed on there conveniently to uh, thicken up this list. Uh, John Parnell Walk. Um, There's no documentation that he killed himself. Mm-hmm. So this this gentleman is probably still alive. Uh, also, to Stanley Huggins, um, he did not commit suicide. There's actually a full-on coroner's report that he died of pneumonia, and his medical records can be found online. Very, very, very much available. So... 
Um, I believe, yeah, it's on the University of Delaware website. That's where I actually found it. Like, it's a very detailed report. Pneumonia is a motherfucker. My mom almost died of it once. So, um, yes. So that, that that's one thing I, I want to stress. Whenever you're looking at these lists, don't just take them at face value. Make sure you dig and do your fucking due diligence because, hey, there, there's always going to be a narrative, whether it be a conservative narrative or, hey, maybe even a liberal narrative. So, Jacob, you did a lot of research on this. This is so I don't want to make you skip around, but there is one that I'm very interested in. I want to find out what you came up with on this. Okay. But and it's one that you it'll pop up if you ever Google the Clinton body count. Uh, the death of Henry and Kevin Ives. That's actually what I have next. Don too. Don Henry and Kevin <laughs> Ives. Sorry. The guy from the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the one that pops up a lot. It pops up a lot. You know, there's two big ones: the Seth Rich and which we'll get to. You. But that, but this is probably like number three on the list of ones that pop up. Yes. And essentially, this is the one I had the most issues with where I was like, Oh, I did too. What are you guys talking about? Like, I didn't want to sound like super like CNN guy, but like, what are you guys talking about? Like, there's nothing here. Like, Mexican Don Lemon right here. Yeah. I was like, I'll let you, I'll let you tell it and I'll give you, I'll give you guys the conspiracy part of it. But I almost have no conspiracy part of it. I get what people were talking about. Like, I, I get it, especially from like one of the Kevin's mom, but. I got nothing. I'll let you tell it. So basically, uh, what he's talking about is Kevin, um, or uh, shoot, Kevin Ives and Don Henry. They were two teenagers that were found dead on some train tracks in Arkansas uh, near the Mina Airport. Now, the whole Mina Airport scandal is basically, again, like I said, a lot of these top, a lot of these things that we're going over deserve their own topics and subtopics, if you will. But it's basically um, in the 1980s. I believe this all happened in, you know, from 81 through 92, if you will. Um, Mina Airport was used as kind of like a drop off for, you know, cocaine. So when you think of cocaine, you think of Scarface, you think of Miami, you think of Colombia, you think of hot women with big tits and thick asses, right? Well, yeah, so were the FBI and the CIA and all these people that were trying to catch all these drug runners, right? So Miami, that's going to be the first place you look. New York's going to be probably the second place you look for like a lot of these drug dealers. So what the drug dealers do, what do the mafia do? They move to um, the Midwest. They move to, you know, the heart of America. Casino, I think, does a really good job. The movie Casino uh, detailing the mob, you know, they were being surveillanced in, you know, New York hardcore. So what do they do? They move to Kansas. All five of the families, they go to like some like, uh, you know, midtown grocery store to meet up like once a year or every six months or whatever, just to get out of, you know, the, the eye view of, you know, the FBI and the CIA. And the same thing with the drug cartels. You know, they were dropping drugs, you know, in random places throughout the Midwest. It wasn't just in Mina Airport. But what was happening was is that you had a lot of cartel people, a lot of drug runners. Um, and I believe, what's his name? Uh, Barry Seal. He was the pilot that would help, you know, go from Columbia to the Mina Airport in Arkansas to drop, you know, like bags of cocaine, if you will. And what's a- alleged is is that these two teenagers, you know, Kevin and Don, you know, they they saw, you know, something to do with this drug activity. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole list of people, and I have all of their names down, written down as well, that, you know, had information about this. Now, the thing that kind of sets off, you know, conspiracy theorists is that the the coroner or the medical examiner was very bad at his job, and he said that the teenagers smoked a bunch of marijuana. Smoked 20 joints is what he... <laughs> is that like the Sublime song? 
Dude, so as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, here comes some bullshit. Yeah. This is the most bullshit thing ever because it's like nobody smokes 20 joints. No. Not between two people. Nobody smokes. And then, okay, go ahead. Keep keep telling it. Uh, they, They fall asleep on the train tracks and the train runs them over. However, when the parents, like, again, like the bullshit meter, like, starts to, like, go off, right? And they're like, wait a minute. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I smoked some weed back in the 50s. That, that shit doesn't happen. Uh, what actually turns out is both of them were shot in the back of the head and then placed on the train tracks later on. So, wait, I do have... So, one of them was, had stabbings. Oh, he yes, was already yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And the other one was hit with something in the back of the head. Like, he was just knocked out, like, completely. Like, mm-hmm. some blunt force trauma hit, the, hit him in the back okay. of the head. Um so that's what that's what happened to both of them. But yes, th- they had originally said that they had smoked 20 marijuana cigarettes, <laughs> which doesn't make any fucking sense to anyone that's ever smoked weed that you don't I you, don't think if you got B-real and Snoop Dogg in the same room they would smoke 20 yeah, marijuana that's joints. That's a ridiculous amount. Maybe they were smoking some like whack ass, some wacky tobacco. Yeah, some like super whack bullshit that's like barely going to get you high. But even then, it's like, why would you keep going? Like, nobody smokes more than three. If you smoke more than three, come on, in one sitting, come on, get the fuck out of here. Um, so anyways, um, unless they're playing baseball. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to anybody that knows what baseball is. But anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, so, so yeah, I mean, originally, they don't even see the stab wounds. They they, they just think that they just fell asleep and put a tarp on top of themselves to fall asleep on top of the train tracks for some reason. Um. Eventually, the stab wounds are discovered. Yeah, they find that one of the boys was hit with something in the back of his head, so he has like blunt force trauma to the back of his head. One of them has stab wounds. Uh, there's a report going around that there was like a guy in like camo that was in the area that had been seen trying to like abduct teenagers like weeks before, and they said that there was a report that they said that they saw like the kids fighting with somebody out there, but that wasn't really confirmed. That wasn't a 100% confirmation thing. Um, I did see that whole thing about the whole like drug running thing and that like Clinton was aware of this whole drug running operation. He was allowing it to happen because the Clinton Chronicles, like one of those conspiracy theory documentaries, says that Clinton was addicted to cocaine himself. So therefore, to get his free stash, he was allowing this is what's funny that a state governor of the one of the small states in the union was allowing the uh, the Medellin which is like the most powerful entity at this time. He, Clinton alone was allowing them to do business in his state, uh, I, which I think is hilarious. But. Yeah. I mean, I even, I saw something where they were like exchanging, like they were giving him girls for, for the allowance of doing this or whatever. Well, you know what? I, I, I You've seen those Colombian girls. I don't blame them. So they were giving, maybe they were giving them underage girls. So I do blame oh, them. Oh wait, no. Wait, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I take that back. I walk that statement back. <laughs> but but I do think that this is like, man, you are pulling at straws here. Like, there's so little nothing here. Mm-hmm. Like, it to me, it seems like they might have encountered someone out there, beat the shit out of them, and, like, left them on the train tracks, and they they died, like, from mm-hmm. the train. They Actually, they, one of them might have already been dead. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like they were, and, yeah, I'm not saying that the whole, like, drug running thing wasn't going on there. Oh, it really it, was, yeah. yeah. Like that, yeah. I'm just saying that it probably was not related to it. Or even if they ran into him and they were like, "Get these fucking kids out of here," I don't know if it was related to Clinton. I'll go ahead and vouch for Clinton on this one. And it, say, it seems like a big stretch because it'd be like Gavin Newsom, like our governor, 
you know, uh, you, you see it outside of Target every day. Like, uh, recall Gavin Newsom. Uh, he's allowing drugs to come into the state. Well, it's just like he can't be everywhere all at once. Like when you do, when you look at where Mina Airport is in relation to like Little Rock where Clinton yeah. was, and he's probably busy with, you know, prostitutes or Paula Jones at this time. It, it's hard to, I mean, yeah, he's responsible because he's the governor because this is happening. But at the same time, it was happening all over the Midwest at this time. It yeah. was happening all over the this area. And the Medellin drug cartel, again, the most powerful drug cartel in all of the world. One of the most dangerous fucking entities in all the world at this time. You're talking about Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. You're talking about the Ochoa family. Again, a lot of this deserves its own topic because it was just like these are some ruthless motherfuckers, and a little state, a little state governor is not going to be able to stop them, especially with his crooked yeah. ass uh, uh, state troopers that he had. That we'll probably get into a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, if he wanted cocaine, he could just got it himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally believe. Like, hey, can you just make a flight out to New York real quick? But there were some people um, that I guess were associated with this that, you know, adds about like nine or ten names to the Clinton body count list. Um, like you said, there is, uh, you know, Kevin Knives and Don Henry. They're on it. Uh, there's also uh, Gandhi Ba, an attorney for Dan La- Lassester, a friend of Bill Clinton, who jumped out of a window uh, because he was representing somebody that was going to, you know, testify against Bill Clinton in this whole MENA drug cartel thing. Uh, Florence Martin, a CIA a CIA accountant uh, who uh, was investigating Barry Sill, again, that the pilot that was, you know, helping to drop the cocaine into uh, Mina Airport, uh, died of three gunshot wounds to the head. And Danny uh, Casolaro uh, was an investigator for the Mina uh, situation who actually went on to TV saying that he wasn't suicidal and that if anything happens to him, you know, they are after me. Remember that. He just said they. He didn't specify who. Uh, but they are after me. And he actually died of two slit wrists and found, I believe, like in a bathtub. Um, L.J. Davis was a reporter working with Danny Casolaro, uh, was attacked in a hotel room, uh, beaten almost to an inch of his life, quote-unquote, and uh, lots of pages of his notes were taken out of his notebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Wilcher, another investigator on the Mina Airport um, investigation, um, stated, you know, in some news publication, quote unquote, uh, that they're after me. And he was found dead on the toilet, ha- partly dis- decomposed. Uh, Barry Seal, uh, again, that pilot that I mentioned that, uh, you know, you know, was dropping the cocaine. Uh, he was uh, shot six or seven times outside of, uh, uh, what's that fucking, it's not Goodwill, but uh, the Salvation Army yeah. <laughs> in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, again, Kevin Ives and Don Henry. Uh, Keith Coney died of died from a motorcycle chase uh, where, you know, mysterious men supposedly working with the Clintons uh, chased him down and he ran to the back of a tractor trailer as well as a James Milam. I want to say uh, he was decapitated. And remember that um, that janky ass fucking medical examiner uh, stated that he died of natural causes. Yeah. Yeah, which I think, okay, that's bullshit. Okay, this guy, this, this medical examiner, he's, he's a dumbass, right? Well, the, the the conspirators will have you believe, well, this is actual fact that, you know, Bill Clinton, he actually appointed that medical examiner. But this guy was pretty much at the end of his term, and he was just a very lazy individual, which is like, I mean, I can see like how, you know, conspirators would say like, oh, you know, Clinton was having him write, you know, out all of these, uh, these janky ass fucking, uh, uh, conclusions to people's deaths but at the end of the day like they were so janky 
that it would it would do slick willy no good to have him write these things out because later on you know two two fucking um one and a half mexicans from bakersfield are able to see right through this you know like mm. 20 years later so to me it's just like it's a lot of stretching but like there is some truth in between here so yeah i mean something somebody killed them yeah like that definitely i do believe someone killed them and i could see why um their parents would want justice it didn't seem like justice was ever served um and and i don't blame them for wanting justice it seems like it's just one of those things i do think that it's doing an injustice by lumping this into the clinton body count and trying to make this into something bigger than it actually is correct because when you look at the actual facts again everybody don't just look at the list don't just look at what cnn or or some random ass article like on breitbart says about this when you look at you know uh gandiba the attorney for dan lassessler i can't even pronounce his name right uh he died at home there was no suicide you know he just died he legitimately died of natural causes there was no suicide there that that part was made up by whoever put his name on the list uh florence martin that cia accountant was not a cia an accountant that was working uh with the cia for the mina airport investigation Florence Martin was a fucking a Chevron gas attendant. You know, that's how the band Florence and the Machine got their name, right? Oh, really? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody for a second thought that. Oh, that's a good one. When, uh, I said something like that that was pretty clever a while back. Oh, 21 Pilots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, they actually got their name from Barry Seal, oh, the okay. pilot right there. Um, Danny Casolaro, uh, the investigator that slit his wrist and said that he wasn't suicidal or whatever, that actually was found out to be people working with the Medellin drug cartel. <laughs> Who they work for the Ochoa family, not the Clintons. The oh. Ochoa family would have a lot more power than Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, he was getting ready to release information on the Ochoa family, which you know, if you watch Narcos, you know, I believe it's like season two or three, like that. It plays into a lot of that. Um, L.J. Davis, the reporter, um, who said that he was attacked, or who they say was attacked from an inch within his life, and notes were taken. That never happened. He actually got drunk the night before. Um, bumped his head on um, the nightstand, and he said absolutely no notes were taken. I mean, there's various like interviews with him saying this, and even I believe uh, somebody on the higher side chats that podcast that Art absolutely loves to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to say like, oh no, he's just a shill working for him. Like he actually had to sue them because of libel, basically saying that like no, like th- this did not happen. Stop associating my name with this bullshit. Uh, Paul Wilcher, the investigator, said that they are after me. That quote absolutely does not exist, and he actually was not investigating Bill Clinton or even the Mina drug cartel. He was actually investigating George Bush for the whole... Remember, like, the Iran-Contra thing? Mm -hmm. He was actually investigating that. So why would Clinton have somebody killed that was investigating one of his top rivals in the early 90s? Again, Barry Sill, killed outside of a Salvation Army in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Six Colombians were convicted of his killing because he was actually an FBI and CIA informant. He was basically a rat. He was getting back is just due his street justice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that died, um, Keith Coney, on the motorcycle chase, they actually have his name right now wrong, like on all of these Clinton conspiracy lists. He actually stole a motorcycle. He was actually like a 17-year-old or 19-year-old, I believe. He stole him. He stole that motorcycle that he crashed. And the only reason why he crashed is because there was nobody following him. It's because he didn't know how to drive a fucking motorcycle. And he crashed into the back of that tractor-trailer. So when you look at all these things, and then, like, the guy that got decapitated or whatever, it was just, 
that was also a, a Medellin uh, drug cartel death as well. Yeah, everything associated to this whole thing was very strange. I couldn't really, I couldn't really get into that story at all. I was mm. like, I don't, I don't buy any of this stuff. Oh, I don't either. And and it's it's weird because I'm usually the big conspiracy guy, but. I couldn't get into that shit at all. You just gotta watch Narcos, and like everything else makes sense from here. But anyways, the the, I mean, I would say the biggest one, the one that most people associate to the Clinton body count, is the Seth Rich story. Exactly, and that's the one that you know definitely have to dive into, and that's what I a have deeper next. dive. Yeah, yeah. And, and it'll get a deeper dive, but yeah, I just want to definitely touch on this one. Basically, he was working for the DNC at this point, right? And correct. The story had come out that he was the guy that had leaked things to WikiLeaks. He was given information to them, um, which later on, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead. Turns out it it was never confirmed that it was him. They never, no one ever confirms that it's him. No, nobody actually ever unconfirms that it's not him. But nobody can confirm that it's him, um, except for Sean Hannity. <laughs> My boy, Sean Hannity. <laughs> the, who, by the way, won the best Lego haircut. Yeah, uh, he vote. won by a lot. It was a landslide. I think he won 100, like 100% of the boats. Yeah. God damn. Like, it was really, really intense. He has great hair. So check out um, Art's <laughs> Twitter. Um, he had he had a poll up there who had the best Lego man haircut, Sean Hannity <laughs> or Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. If To be honest, I think Mike Pence is really good. Like, he's, his hair is also very Lego man. Yeah. So, I don't not know. A, not one hair out of place. Yeah. But 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 this is a big. This is kind of like Alex Jones, Sean Hannity. Like this is the agenda they were pushing at Correct. this time period, and they were pushing it like harder than ever. I will say again, there are some strange things with with it, and this this is how you build a fucking house with a with a strong foundation. <laughs> and the strong foundation comes that. He was walking down the street. This is essentially, do you have the time of day that it, it's like really early in the morning, right? It's like 4 well, a.m. Yeah, the the whole death, they speculate, was around 4 a.m. in the morning. So, but I'll let you, you know, continue with the story. Okay, yeah. So, I, I mean, I didn't have the actual time that he was killed. Um, but essentially, he's walking at 4 a.m., which is kind of suspicious. Like, why are you out at 4 a.m.? He could have been out jogging, I guess, but. Well, no, I got I got it on oh, there. But go, go for it. Yeah. So, basically, um it all starts with Seth Ritz's death, right? He mm-hmm. he dies. He is a DNC employee at the time. I believe he works like an IT or something like that. So, again, sets yeah. off a bunch of red flags on there. Uh, but he dies. They found him shot to death. Two. This is, I believe, there was two gunshot wounds in his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and police say that, oh, it was a botched robbery. Okay, if it was a robbery, he had a gold necklace on. Nothing he had a, was taken. Yeah, his wallet was still on him. Nothing was taken. And whatnot. And, you know, that that is the line of thought that, you know, when you see him, his name on the list, when you see the conspiracies that you're like, oh, wow, if this was a robbery, why was nothing taken? It looks very suspicious. And then Julia, Julian Assange, who, you know, is, is he the founder of WikiLeaks or like the head of I WikiLeaks? I believe so. He's the name that most people associate with WikiLeaks. Yeah, he's the face of, that runs the place with WikiLeaks, right? So he's like he's doing like an interview with Dutch television and he brings up the fact that, you know, his sources, you know, take great risks. And I believe he brings up, you know, Seth Rich as possibly being they uh, ask him straight up, is he? And he's like, I can't tell. And then he does this whole thing, too, like where he like he nods and then he says, I can't reveal that or whatever. And then when you watch it back, you're like, okay maybe he is, you know, playing, you know, doing a little tongue in cheek game or whatever. But then also, too, it's 
it's done over Skype. So maybe he's just, you know, confirming that, you know, which we do like, okay, yeah, I'm shaking my head that I'm listening to what you're saying. And there's also going to be a delay. So I can see how that gets misinterpreted. But a lot of conspiracy theorists say like, oh, he's agreeing non-verbally that, yes, Seth Rich was the person that leaked all those emails to WikiLeaks that, you know, basically showed that, hey, they were fucking Bernie Sanders out of the nomination for, um, you know, the nomination for yeah, the Democratic yeah. uh, nominee for the presidential race in 2016. Her emails, the locker up emails, if you will. So I didn't even see that whole thing about him nodding or whatever, but that seems so like QAnon ish. Like, oh, every time Trump says anything with the letter Q in it, that means he agrees with us. Kind of bullshit. Like, oh my God. He's like, he stayed out of La Quinta Inn last night. (laughs) (laughs) That that means he's QAnon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so uh, what happens here is that Fox News, our friends at Fox News, they run with this story because a source, an independent quote-unquote investigator, Rod Wheeler, goes on, I believe it's like a local affiliate of Fox News, and says, pretty much lays that conspiracy out there, that, oh, okay, he was a DNC staffer who was very much, you know, pro-Bernie Sanders, and that, you know, he leaked all these emails to WikiLeaks, and that uh, when Hillary and her people found out about this, uh, they had him killed because, because of what he done. So that's what was purported out there. And then, again, like you said, people like Sean Hannity run with, ran with this. Um, who else did? There was a bunch of people on Fox New News. Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, uh, Fox and Friends, which is like where the president gets a lot of his like yeah, information from. Um, they run with it. They run with this story. And this is where you know the Clinton body count list you know, gets reignited. Like We don't hear about it. Like It starts like in 93, but we don't hear about it for— 16 years basically so you have like all eight years of w bush's presidency all eight years of you know obama's presidency 16 years you don't hear anything about like no body count list or anything like that and then all of a sudden it gets reignited again and we have to ask the question well why why is it being reignited well this rod wheeler character fox news presents him as this like totally like you know non-biased source that like this is an independent investigator and when we're talking about those two teenagers that died at the mina airport yeah you can see why you would need an independent investigator because there's always going to be corruption and you know inconsistencies in any kind of you know report again seth rich died and officially this is what the police say a botched robbery mm-hmm. I, I can stay i say it up straight up say that like no that was not a botched robbery i will 100 percent agree with it because if this motherfucker had money in his wallet he had fucking thick ass credit cards in there as well yeah. i could buy like 16 pairs of Jordans with the amount of money that was on that fucking card right so that that to me like that smells like bullshit and so i can see how you know they would want to investigate that more the only problem though with rod wheeler is is he's an actual employee of fox news and he has co-op- he was talking to Sean Spicer, the president's. Uh, what is that like? He's the speaker of the, not the speaker of the house, like the <laughs> the Daily Report guy. I don't know what. He yeah, does. I forgot the official. He just title. talks for the president. Yeah, basically, he's basically a spicy version of Sean Hannity. Yeah, that's well, why I call him <laughs> Sean Spicer. <laughs> Sean Spicer. <laughs> he's the Taco Bell uh, fire sauce. He's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, there's recorded conversations between Rod Wheeler and Sean Spicer saying, hey, this would be good for the president if you push this narrative onto Fox News. So that way it gets the attention away from the whole Russian collusion thing, which was starting to take effect. Again, 
remember how I referenced that, you know, Bill Clinton was the original Donald Trump? Well, in 2016, you know. Donald Trump is the new Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, so we're trying to find anything we can, you know, to get Donald Trump out of office. And here comes this, this fucking gift of the whole Russian collusion thing where when you look at the Russian, or when you look at the email leak to WikiLeaks, everything points that it was Russia. Yeah. Um, because they, and this doesn't get out there either, is that they were also trying to hack, you know, the Republican National Convention's emails as well. They just so happen to have a better, you know, security on their their email servers, if you will. Um, but everything points to Russia, like all of the ISP addresses, like everything just points to like Russian officials, if you will. But Sean Spicer was like, hey, we need to get attention off of this. Let's let's put this as a potential to that old conspiracy that the president is very into, you know, conspiracy theories, because this is like when he was like buddy buddies with Alex Jones and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, like this seems like it could be a potential body count list. How about you go on to Fox News, even though you don't believe this because it's recorded on there. One real saying like, well, hey, I don't really believe this, that just to go on there and kind of just hint that this might be a body count um, conspiracy or that it might be part of uh, Hillary's whole uh fucking body count thing so why was he out at four in the morning so this is what when you look at the report this is what happened so um seth rich he a very young man i believe what is he like in his early to mid 20s he was a he was yeah he looked pretty young he looked i would say probably 27 28 yeah something somewhere around there uh he was at a bar you know in the neighborhood and, you know, all witnesses say that he was there until closing, which was they say was around 1.45 to 2.45 a.m. Yeah, that's the time bars closed. Yeah, which we, we've we've spent our early 20s, you know, going to bars and bar hopping downtown, if you will, which seems reasonable. Uh, but he was out with friends still all the way up until about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And to reference again, you know, hey, we've had our time, you know, bar hopping downtown and doing whatever nothing ever good happens you know when it when it comes to drinking you know bar hopping in the early hours of you know between one and four in the morning nothing ever happens yeah, so yeah. i mean my mind can only speculate what happened from there but what I, we can probably assume is is that hey he was drinking he was around other people that were drinking there's always fights there's always you know things that go down during this time when you're drinking and you know, you're in the midst of the night, right? So my in my mind, maybe he got into a, an argument or some kind of altercation with somebody. It, things went awry, and he got shot in the back when he was trying to run away. Somebody probably pulled out a gun. Reference Kevin Hart's uh, fucking joke where he's like, don't make, me, don't make me go to my trunk and pull out my, my piece. Maybe that's what happened. They got into an altercation. This dude pulled out a gun. Fucking Seth Rich takes off running, gets shot twice in the back. And that happens a lot. People get murdered, and... There are witnesses that saw, you know, something go down in this neighborhood, and they probably just like that whole don't know snitching culture. Like, hey, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be, I don't want that. They know where I live. They don't want me to come after them or them to come after me. So wasn't this in Seth Rich's neighborhood when this happened? Like he was close to his home. That's what they say. I mean, I can't, I can't confirm it. But the thing that does seem a little weird is that there was no surveillance footage. Mm. Yeah, it was a very yeah. nice neighborhood. Yeah. So okay. So again, that whole like don't snitch thing—that's something that usually happens in the hood. I don't know if it's going to happen in like one of the more upscales, like Washington neighborhoods. I but see, 
I thought that as well because I lived in that mind, mindset. Now, let me reference a podcast I've been listening to that has nothing to do with what we're talking about but has everything to do with like Washington, D.C. Uh, Donnell Rollins. Uh, he was on Chappelle's show. Um, he's that guy that says, I'm rich, bitch. Mm-hmm. He always talks about you know growing up in Washington D.C. That's where Dave Chappelle's from. That's where he's from. Washington D.C. is real hood. It's real hood. He goes, he goes, and he says in one of his um, his episodes, he says, let's get something clear. He goes, Georgetown is a very nice area. I believe this is where it happened around is like Georgetown. It's a very nice area, but he goes, there's nothing. Ever, you're no, you're not safe anywhere in Washington D.C. And he's talking to his co-host and he's like giving all these examples and whatnot. And I'm doing the dishes and I'm listening to Donnell Rollins talk about this. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. That kind of explains like the whole Seth Rich thing. Like people can say like in Bakersfield, California, 2,000 miles away that, oh, that no snitching thing doesn't happen in a nice neighborhood in Washington, D.C. But what constitutes a nice neighborhood in Bakersfield might be a little bit different than a nice neighborhood in Washington, D.C. So, I mean, I can see how that, that no snitching thing could transfer over to a nice neighborhood into Washington, D.C. I mean, hell. We talked about the mafia earlier where, you know, you can live in a really nice ritzy neighborhood, but you're still not snitching because you don't want the mob to come after you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I so I don't know if this is connected to the Clintons, but I don't know if I don't know. I don't know. I'm, that's the one I won't agree with you on. I just think people probably didn't hear anything. Like it's four mm. in the morning. Gunshots. Yes, they're loud. But at the same time, like I've slept through gunshots like it just happens. It's mm. rare that people are up. It's not a no snitching. If somebody asked me, like, hey, did you hear anything like that? I don't have any issue with, like, saying anything like that. I would compare this neighborhood to, like, Chicago's Wrigleyville. Chicago's Wrigleyville tends to be relatively upscale. It's not the best neighborhood in Chicago, but it is relatively upscale. It's more it's more like young professionals and, like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a kind of a hipstery area of Chicago. Chicago itself has South Chicago. Chicago, South Chicago is like a war zone essentially. Mm-hmm. It's very hood. Watch the movie Candyman if you want reference. <laughs> but it's 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 very violent. And I would say like, you know, people from South Chicago probably go to places like Wrigleyville to find someone that's walking at four in the morning. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you on that. And so I I would say like, you know, maybe it was a robbery gone wrong and maybe but they weren't expecting to kill someone that night. Maybe they asked him, like, hey, give me your fucking wallet, and he started running away, and they just shot him because he was kind of drunk, and maybe it was mm-hmm. lapse of judgment as opposed to just giving someone your wallet and, like, think you're going to outrun this person. I don't know. It just it, – it, it, I don't think it goes as big as, like, the don't snitch part of it, but I mm-hmm. think that something something very mundane must have happened. Things like that happen all the time. You know, people that I went to high school with that are that have died not because they were like involved in like some crazy conspiracy, but just because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and they were walking out of a bar and somebody that didn't even know them like accidentally shot them kind of thing. You know, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's um there's people that have like these like I forget who it is I want to say it's an MMA fighter. He has this big old scar across his face. And I believe Jose Aldo, not Jose Aldo. That was from uh, <laughs> accident when he was a kid. But there's a, I want to say it's it's an MMA fighter. It's a lesser known MMA fighter. He had he has like this huge scar across his face. And I believe Chael Sonnen was asking him about that, and he's like, "What is the cool story in regards to that scar?" It was a shaving accident. And he was just like, "No, dude, I was just walking out of a bar, and like it just so happens as I was walking out of the bar, you know, these two people were getting to a fight, and that whole thing like where they smash the bottle and like start to go at each other, like yeah. Michael Jackson beat it style." Like that started to happen, like right when I was like leaving the bar, like he goes, just perfect timing. 
and you know somebody took a swipe and they accidentally swiped me across the face i had nothing to do with the fight but they swiped me instead of the person they were going to fight for so yeah i can i can totally see that happening um there's another name on the list uh, mary mahoney um the the list people would have you say that oh she was getting ready to testify you know in support of the whole paula jones sexual harassment um suit that they had against bill clinton when he was in office and that you know kenneth Starr, you know the independent counsel that was going after bill clinton you know said that hey we have somebody you know with the initials m that's going to come out to help <laughs> support these sexual allega- sexual harassment allegations and her last name was mahoney she was uh, an intern you know during that time that you know there was sexual harassment in the white house with bill clinton and she was actually murdered in a starbucks that she was working at again in a very nice dc na- neighborhood in georgetown and, you know, a lot of conspiracy people are talking about like, oh, like this just does not happen in this neighborhood. And when you live in that world, you're like, wow, that does seem super fishy. Like, why would somebody go in there and just shoot somebody? Nothing was taken out of the register. Again, a lot like Seth Rich, you know, no, nothing was taken. It was just it just seems really fishy. Right. But like when you do some actual digging, you look at the actual police report, you look at all the facts or whatever. The person that actually committed the crime was caught because he was on Starbucks surveillance, right? Um, he actually, you know, gives a testimony that says, hey, yeah, this all happened the weekend after 4th of July. This is a, to support what you were saying. Like, it was in a super ritzy neighborhood. So I know that Starbucks has a lot of money. There was a lot of traffic going through there. So I thought, hey, even if I don't get into the safe, like, whatever is just there in the building at that time during this 4th of July, a day or two after 4th of July, there's going to be a lot of money for me to come up on it. Just get in, get in and out. And I'm going to fucking have like this bankroll, right? So he says that's what he was thinking was going to happen. What actually happened was is that, you know, he had, you know, all like her and I believe two other employees, you know, in um, the break room. And right when he was about to get her to open up the safe with a safe key, you know, one of the employees tries to be a hero and tries to grab the gun. And, you know, he says that at this point, like, I freak out, I shoot everybody, and I'd run because all of a sudden, you know, hey, like, I just made this a bigger situation than it had to be. And he goes, that's why, you know, nothing was taken because it was a rob, legitimately a robbery gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I think we're going to be on the same side of this. You know, normally we end the show by discussing our thoughts and opinions on, like, what the conspiracy is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we've both throughout the episode, we've kind of discussed, you know, each individual case and what we think. And I think like the Seth Rich one, like it's, it seemed, and, and the two boys, what are they called? Like Henry something. <laughs> uh, but, but for the most part, it seems like they're very interesting. Like it's, it's a very sexy idea of like mm-hmm. Seth Rich getting killed by like this very like spy story kind of thing, as opposed to like robbery gone wrong. Or, you know, very, like, mundane things. Like, he was leaving a bar, and, like, these two dudes saw him, and they were going to rob him, but then he started running, and they just shot him and ran away Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, yeah, it's four in the morning, very little people are awake. And another thing that's, like, houses in California are built different than houses in in these, like, other states that are actually made out of brick, where sound probably doesn't travel as loud. So that's probably why a lot of people didn't hear it. So um, just something to to put out there. But, you know, I, I can see why people would dive into these conspiracy theories i can mm-hmm. see why i don't want to blame people and say like you're fucking stupid if you buy into this because i do think not so much bill clinton but i do think that hillary clinton and her ties to like 
the whole DNC thing, like what she did, basically like screwed Bernie Sanders over. It de- it does seem like she's very ruthless in that sense of the word. We started the, the episode. I had brought up that guy Ruddy, um, who basically just wants to be on the winning team. I don't think he gives a fuck about political alliances. He just wants to hang out with the winners. And once he starts hanging out with like doing that very like pro Clinton thing or whatever, like it seemed like the idea of Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president. I think most people on earth thought. Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president. And that's the whole thing, too, like getting on the winning team when you get on the winning team, because even Paula Jones, uh, you know, the person, the lady that was, you know, accusing Clinton of, you know, sexual harassment in the White House, was le- which led to Monica Lewinsky and whatnot, and like that whole thing. When she, Trump was quoted that saying that uh, Paula Jones was retarded. She was stupid. And then all of a sudden, when you know the you know the debate starts to come with Hillary and Trump. Trump actually had Paula Jones in the audience to support him, and she, I guess she became like this huge, you know, Trump supporter because he was promising her like all these things, like oh you're gonna get this nice cushy government job once I'm in office. And you see that a lot with you know the Clintons too. It's just like hey if you get on our team, like we'll give you a job. Like that's what the whole Travelgate thing was about. It was just like hey we'll give you a nice cushy job. Like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours which ends up rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. A lot of journalists, a lot of people working within the White House and no longer have jobs, of course they're going to hold vendettas against these people because it's just like, hey, I just lost my livelihood. That'd be like your job, like you just getting rubbed out all of a sudden because somebody wants to put like their nephew in you know, your position, yeah, if you yeah. will. And it's like you see a lot of that with the Clintons, which, hey, rightfully so. That That's a shitty situation to be in. We could talk about like their policy. The Clintons had been behind a lot of shitty policies like there's the whole Benghazi situation that was a shitty situation that she put those people through so it's just like if you want to hate to me it's like if you want to hate on the Clintons hate on them for something like legitimate like that like if you're if you're one of these people that is like hey believe all women like yeah of course fuck Bill Clinton then you know what I'm saying like he's he's the whole trooper gate thing like we didn't even touch on like there's like so many people that you know, disappeared or died in regards to that because he was having his own state troopers like this factually bring him, you know, women that he thought was sexually ap- appealing to like these remote hotels, kind of like Mira Quimby and the Simpsons, if you mm-hmm. will. Like that happened. That's and super shady, man. That's fucked up. And then you see pictures of Bill Clinton with Jeffrey Epstein and there's reports coming out that he was on Epstein's island, if you will. And it's just like, hey, dude, like, I wouldn't doubt it. I'll be completely honest with you. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it if him and Trump were both on that island. like it, Together. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, I think that, didn't that just break a couple of days ago that? Well, what you posted, like, in the group, like, that's actually an old report that the Clinton's lawyer um, had already, like, disputed. Because that comes up, like, in every, like, news article with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Because that's one we didn't touch yet, like, an hour and 20 minutes yeah. into the episode. Well, I mean, which, that's its own episode, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll we'll do that, but you know it's just like it's like one of those things. Like there's no like hard proof for it, but like just knowing his sexual history is just like I can see that being a thing, you know. And that's my whole point is just like yeah, there's there's a lot to dismiss here on these Clinton lists, but there's a lot to corroborate the 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 train of thought that would have people believe that these things would be real. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I get yeah I suppose, um, yeah I mean I really I again I don't blame anyone that isn't a Clinton supporter. I'm not a Clinton supporter. I, mm-hmm. I'm 
you know, I, I didn't want Trump to win. It was that was one of the shittiest elections that could ever have come up was the 2016 election. Yeah, it was. There was just nobody was going to win in this, and like I think a lot of Americans felt that way, and sadly, I do think a lot of Americans still feel that way. <laughs> Yeah. In this election, 2020 so, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence that Trump's going to be out of office. Um, but hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But hey, if you stuck with us this far, thank you. Um, if you like this episode, don't worry. If you hated this episode, don't worry. I'll say uh, because we will cover some more um, going down the line on this because this is a very dense and thick topic. This is just an introduction to you know the whole this whole conspiracy, if you will. I mean, there's the Ron Brown, you know, th- there's like so many plane crashes mm-hmm. that we didn't even touch on that we can go into, uh, where, you know, his plane mysteriously exploded. And then like a medical examiner said, Hey, he may have been shot in the head, which I think is kind of weird. Why would you have a plane crash? If you shot someone in the head, like, would you die in the plane? Anyways, you know, we'll, we'll cover all those things later, but Hey, you know, thank you for sticking around. Art, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off? Hmm. Um, no. <laughs> shout out to everyone at Podbelly, to be honest. Um, yes. Wait, one really quick shout out. Uh, I guess there, there there was a YouTube channel, not not related to Podbelly or anything we do, but there was a YouTube channel that was based out of Bakersfield. And I just want to give them a shot. The The channel was called When Fish Drown. The reason why I'm using it in past tense was because the main creator of that channel actually died of COVID. Oh, wow. He was super young. He was only like 24 years old. Um, I didn't really know him. He knew a lot of the same people that I knew, like Nikki, Nikki. We used to work with Nikki, like a lot of those same people. Oh, yes. So him, yeah. he, he died. He had cardiac arrest, and he um, um, and he and it was basically because of covid so it's super sad i you know my heart go out to all of his friends and family and the fact that he was another bakersfield person doing something creative um was really badass i mean we do this and and silver king does that and we're not sure yet and but it's a very small community here of podcasts that are doing this or people that are doing youtube channels or twitching or whatever it may be that you're into just the fact that you're trying to put bakersfield on the map and doing something cool and creative um it means a lot to me because a lot of people talk shit about Big Show. There's nothing here to do, but it's like, you got to be the change you want to see. Yep. Shout out Donnie. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And like, um, to, so shout out to him shout out to when fish drown, the videos are still up. So if you want to go on and like watch their videos, they're kind of, I mean, they're, they're young kids. They're not really, it's not really my taste, but I totally support everything that they're doing. So Hell yeah. shout out to them and support their video and like, I think they're still taking donations for the funeral. So nice. So, hey, maybe I'll put that in the show notes. So send me that. Send me I'll that. I'll send you the link. Yeah, send me that right when you leave. So that way, <laughs> when I'm editing the video <laughs> or the editing the the show, I could put that in there. But um, yeah, like Art said, shout out to the Podbelly Network where we are an official member. Uh, you where you can watch or you can listen to and watch. Some of them have YouTube YouTube channels as well as like Hillbilly Horror Stories, Ectoplasm. We're not sure yet. Uh, the world oh, I got famous. a little pot belly pig on my phone. There you go. Hey, yeah, make sure you go to the story, and they'll give you a free sticker. So, yeah. um, you know, shout out to Sofa King. Shout out to Brent for uh, everything that you helped us to be able to accomplish. Because, by the way, the other day was our three-year anniversary of this podcast. No, we didn't even do anything big. Next I, episode, we got to do something big. Did, you know what, though? Well, this I guess we can count this as the big, uh, oh, big yeah. thing, the Clinton body count. But um, the only reason why I knew it was our three-year anniversary is because... <laughs> $170 came out of my bank account 
I was like, what the fuck is this coming out of my bank account for? And I looked and it was, you know, for, our, you know, our podcast uh, uh, host or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's the that's the third time that did, or the fourth time I did it because yeah. we've officially done this for three years. So oh my God. Um, shout out to El Yucateco again for being the official sponsor that helped me cover that bill because I totally was not ready to pay that. <laughs> so shout out to them. Shout out to Caveman Coffee. Make sure you go use promo code America uh, for 15 percent off. Um, make sure you go to all of our social medias um, at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do One. Follow us there. Again, like I said, make sure you tag us, tag uh, Caveman Coffee or El Yucateco whenever you're using their products so that way uh, we can send you out some free merch and some swag and keep doing the Lord's work and telling your mama and your boo boos too about our podcast. Make sure you go to the Patreon and helping us pay our bills because fuck, $170 is a lot to pay. There's a lot. Those- especially when you have a newborn (laughs) baby and you need a new computer so um support us on patreon shout out to all of our patreons like like uh, alex and cole and our boy Artie and axel you know you guys are you guys are real mvps out there so uh with that said art i ain't got nothing else brother that's it have a good night stay active on those social medias that's it all right everybody Peace. peace